This is the Novel Marketing Podcast, Episode 67. I'm James L. Rubart. I'm Thomas Umstadt, Jr. And this is the show for novelists who want to become best-selling authors. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about email, but not that kind of email, not you sending email to the world. We're going to be talking about your email inbox. The citizens of the internet have asked no, us... No, no, <laughs> This is an intervention. We know you have an email problem. We've all gathered around to talk about it. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I Hi, my name's Jim. <laughs> I have an email problem. <laughs> I am an email addict. Step one is admitting that you have a problem. But seriously, a lot of authors are addicted to checking email, and poor email habits hold many of them back because, one, it zaps their mental energy, and two, it sucks their time into this never-ending black hole that is your inbox. So we're going to be talking now, Thomas, about... I, now, now, Thomas, before we get going, I think you have a theory on why writers and authors in particular... Uh, struggle yes. with email. So especially traditionally published authors. This is one of the things I think self-pub authors have as an advantage. So if you're traditionally published, you've been pitching your book to editors and agents for years and uh, or, or months, depending on how long you've been doing it. But you you go to your inbox constantly looking for that acclamation of the, I finally got my proposal accepted from so-and-so publishing house. And so it's kind of like playing the lottery. You get this like dopamine hit in your brain. It's actually a chemical addiction to checking <laughs> to see, oh, that new thing just came in. And so um, that habit that's built up over months of submitting queries and proposals carries through into the writing process where authors are still checking their email every five minutes and they're unable to really get that focus and that mental quiet to really hunker down and write. I never did that before I was traditionally published. Never. <laughs> never. Yeah. I, All right, I did. I did. <laughs> there, there's some authors who, you know, we'd be working with, and they would have a five-minute response rate. And I'm like, how can you be this fast on email? Like, how are you able to get anything else done? So, anyway, we're going to talk about email and how you can get control over your inbox. And, and here's what I promise. This is something I've taught at writers' conferences around the country. I get some of the best feedback of this material of anything that I teach. The two things that give me the best feedback is, one, teaching people how to Google their problems. Because if you type your problem into Google, you're amazing what answers you find and two how to have your inbox at zero this really is life-changing and so in the next 15 minutes we're going to teach you how to keep your inbox at zero while spending less time on email you ready let's no. let's do this but first we have to talk about the old way of doing email the bad way of doing email so if i could summarize the old way of doing email it would be folders lots and lots of folders in the olden days people would set up this complex set of rules or filters where email would come in and if it has such and such word it goes into this folder and if it has this different word it goes into this other folder and you can tell kind of how long someone's been doing email by how many folders they have and this is a terrible practice now, it made sense back in the day when the search function in Outlook didn't find you anything. But now, searching is much better. It's much faster. And if you have Gmail, there's one thing Google does very well. It's searching your email. You don't need to have folders to find what you're looking for. And each folder that has a filter attached to it creates a new inbox. So instead of having one inbox to check, you have an inbox for each folder. And it makes doing email very inefficient. So... Um, the other thing that uh, is an old bad way of doing it and another bad habit is leaving the default on where your new email checks for new email every five minutes and having a sound alert tied to that. I can't think of two things that would be worse for productivity, especially if you have an addictive relationship with email. This little ding goes off. And you're like, ooh, 
maybe I got my proposal accepted. So you go and check it and it's not, it's some cat photo or some YouTube video. And then you watch the YouTube video. It's two minutes long. Then you finally get back to writing. And then three minutes later, ding. Oh, maybe it's my proposal. And you keep checking it. And a whole day goes by and haven't gotten anything done. We are all familiar with Pavlov's dogs, right? Ring the bell, get the meat, ring the bell, get the meat. And this is this seriously, this is Pavlov's dogs and we are the dogs and and the email is the meat. So you hear that ding, you, you do condition your mind to check the email when you hear that ding. That's right. So uh, what what I'm about to share with you is a revolutionarily new way of doing email. And it's based off of a talk given by a guy named Merlin Mann uh, called Inbox Zero. And we'll have a link to the talk. It's about an hour long talk. But the fundamental essence of the talk is this. Instead of having folders based off of topic, so church, work, you know, hobbies, whatever, you have instead folders based off of what you need to do to the email. So the idea is that you touch an email only once and then you decide what needs to happen to it. Because another bad habit a lot of people have is they mark emails unread over and over and over again. So one email, they'll touch it five or six different times, which is very, very inefficient. So instead of having lots of different folders, here are the five folders you need to have. You ready? First one is need action. This is a folder where somebody has asked you to do something and you need to do it. So there's a task attached to that. The next is need reply. So somebody has sent you an email and you need to reply to it. Uh, The next one is need read. So it's an informational email, you know, like a newsletter or something. The next one is archive. And if you're using Gmail, this is optional because you can just archive emails without having a folder at all. And then finally, waiting on. So if you're waiting on somebody else for something, you put it in the waiting on folder. And here's what's magical about this. You can batch like activities. You go through your whole inbox and sort everything into these folders. And then... You can go, let's say you've got 10 minutes in between projects, you can go to your need to reply folder and hammer out a couple of quick replies. Or you're you know, waiting in line at the post office and you pull out your phone, you can go to the need read folder and just read the emails that you need to read. And there's no marking it as unread because once you touch it, you're done with it. And this really, really does make a difference. Every second counts. It's one of those things where you don't think about it at the time. You go, oh, it's three seconds more here, four seconds more here. But over the course of a day and certainly over the course of a week, month, year, that time truly does add up. That's right. And also this gives you more emotional space because as the more you can trust your system, and here we're getting into the book Getting Things Done, which is a really great book. But the book Getting Things Done is about how to become more creative by giving yourself more emotional space. So the more things you have to remember in your head – the more uh, memory, he's a computer metaphor, your brain uses up, which is less memory you have for the, whatever task is in front of you. And so if you can trust your email system to take care of everything that's urgent um, or, and keep everything organized, you'll have a lot more mental energy for writing. Now, one principle that goes along with this, if the email, if you can deal with the email in two minutes, you don't have to bother putting it into one of these folders. Just deal with it. So, and what that threshold is, whether it's two minutes or five minutes, depends on you. So don't feel like, you know, somebody needs a yes or no answer to an email. You have to put it into the need reply email, then respond to it. That's uh, that's unnecessary. So, um, those are the folders. Now let's have. Uh, now we have a couple of quick tips, um, or some rules. So sorry. Uh, so the first is turn off auto check, or at least turn off notifications. Uh, this is, if you do nothing else from this, this one thing will change your life. So that little ding, the Pavlov's dogs, um, which we didn't study Pavlov's dogs. My, my parents talk about it, that that's like the big thing they studied in psychology class. There was some different study that was a famous study that we studied instead. Um, 
I don't remember. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't remember what it is, though. So obviously it didn't work. <laughs> Pavlov's dog is very, very memorable. Um, so turn off the bell so you can stop salivating. Uh, for the email. Uh, this is really easy to do in your notifications. Or if you're using web-based email like Gmail, just close out the tab. And I can't tell you how helpful this is uh, to focus. Also on your phone, turn off notifications on your phone. Um, this will also help uh, when you're, say, at the movie theater. Sounds <laughs> 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 like every five minutes your phone buzzes or beeps. You mean um, from getting hit by getting hit by from the people around you? Yeah. The people around you. Yeah, this is good for your safety. So, um, even I wouldn't even turn on it for it to vibrate because the point is is that you need to be in control of your time. And when your email is interrupting you, it's taking control away from you over your time. And really to write well or to market well for that matter, you really got to focus and get in the zone, which means getting email and putting it into its own place. Another thing that I would do, so you turn off auto-checking and then schedule email time. So that means that you don't do email all day long. So you do email, you know, whatever works for you. Some people, it's like, I'm really tired right after lunch. Email's really easy, so I do all of my email at 1 o'clock. So from 1 to 3, I'm doing email. Mornings are set aside for writing. I think that's a very excellent um, discipline to get into. And you can reward yourself. So after I've written for three hours, then I get to check email and see if I got that, you know, letter from my editor saying, we'd love to give you a 10 book contract (laughs) (laughs) whatever it is it's the thing is it's not rational i love love thomas because he likes fantasy and so do i (laughs) (laughs) yeah so schedule your email um so another principle here is to don't check email process email so we already kind of talked about this but you only want to touch each email once and I would highly encourage you to get rid of your topical folders and rules. Um, so I don't. I only have one quote unquote topical folder, and that's for encouragement. So if somebody sends me an encouraging email, I'll drag it into that folder so I can see like encouraging emails. But everything else, I will just find by searching, and I find that that's so much more effective. And the Gmail search function is really quite useful. And the thing is, is that putting f- emails in folders isn't a very effective way of looking up an old email. People who have that tend to just be hunting, 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 and they never find it. And it doesn't help them find the email, even though it's a lot of work to work that system. Uh, so now, Jim, there's some people listening who have hundreds of unread emails, maybe even thousands. In fact, a certain... Maybe. Maybe thousands. It, there's Here a certain people yeah. listening who have thousands. There's a certain parent of mine, I won't say which one, who has tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of unread messages in this parent's uh, inbox. And so that is more emails than you can go through with the system. So I'm going to teach you a special secret sauce that you can use one time to get to start from scratch. And it's called email bankruptcy. Have you heard of this? Have I heard of it? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So so I don't know if any of your friends have declared email bankruptcy, but I love this concept. So just like with financial bankruptcy, this is not a solution to ongoing problems, but it can get you back to square one. So email bankruptcy basically means you create a special folder called old archive or something, and you select every single email in your inbox and you put it in that folder. And then you send out an email to all of your friends and say, I have declared email bankruptcy. If you're waiting on me for something, please email me and ask me for it again. I've got this new system. These crazy guys on this podcast told me to try it. And I'll try to be more responsive to email in the future using this new system. But I had a hundred, hundreds of emails or thousands of emails uh, 
that I couldn't get through. So I'm starting over from scratch. And you'll be shocked how few people email you with, you know, of those, you know, thousands of unread messages. Very few of them were urgent enough for the person who sent you the email uh, remembers it. And so that way you can I, start from scratch. It, it is a great idea. And I actually declared email bankruptcy not in the same way, but I'll give you what happened is my wife and I recently moved to a new uh house and so I changed my internet provider so I no longer had an email uh, at with Comcast and so at a certain point they're gonna cut that thing off and I sent an email out to friends saying I've got a new email but there were literally oh gosh there had to be 50 different uh, emails that I was signed up to newsletters ads this kind of thing that I thought boy I need to switch all those and I thought no I don't the people who really know me can get a hold of me, and those who can't, they can go to my website and use that contact. And I have to say, I have not missed any of those emails, even for <laughs> a second. In fact, it feels great that that's all of a sudden uh, everyone getting to me with that address, uh, it's gone. That's great. That actually leads to another tip, which is you need to unsubscribe regularly. So uh, you're Every week you're subscribing to new email newsletters, which means every week you need to be unsubscribing from email newsletters. So occasionally I'll just go through and everything that's not even remotely interesting I'll unsubscribe from. And so uh, unsubscribing has gotten a lot easier. In fact, uh, in Gmail, sometimes it's just a single button that you push. I'm a big fan of Gmail over Outlook. I know baby boomers are addicted to Outlook and it's hard to get them off, but younger people and tech people use and love Gmail. And if you can switch to Gmail, it will make you younger. Your skin will become more clear. <laughs> your hair will grow back in. You'll be stronger. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, maybe it doesn't and one do more that. tip. one more tip on that. There is a website called unroll.me. So U-N-R-O-L-L dot me. And we don't have time to get into it right now, but that can be a significant tool in unsubscribing you from things you do not want to be subscribed to. That's right. And you can always resubscribe. If you find yourself really missing that newsletter, you can always sign up again. One of the ways of... Uh having fewer emails that you're subscribed to is using um, a tool like Feedly to subscribe to blogs directly so you don't get their newsletters. And that way you have a separate box for kind of knowledge stuff and emails more action-oriented. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the emotional side of email. Wait a minute. Emotional side? Jim, how can email be emotional? I thought it was just bits and bytes on a computer. <laughs> That's right. That's all it is. But back to what Thomas started us with is there is something that email gives us, whether we're trying to see if that publisher wants to offer us a contract, whether it's something back from an editor, whether you're an indie author and you're working on a cover design and you want to see have they gotten back to me, there is something email gives us. Uh, Thomas mentioned a dopamine rush, right? You get that little jolt. And it's true. Email gets addictive. And what happens is we get in the habit of starting our day with email. And we tell It's like a religious activity. We do it, it in it's, bed yeah. right before we go to sleep. We do it in bed right yes. when we wake up. It's like yes. Vespers were 100 years ago. <laughs> That's right. And, and we do. We get addicted to it. It's, we, we get the coffee going. We fire up our computer and go, oh, I'm just going to check my email. And you probably don't want to admit this to yourself, but I had to come to this point where I looked at the clock and I said, oh my gosh, 45 minutes have gone by and I've got nothing done. And so I said, you know what? If it's an emergency, if it's an emergency, people have my cell phone, right? 
But like Thomas said, you even turn that off or, you know, they can, they can come to my home <laughs> if it's really that big of an emergency. In other words, what the, the point that I'm trying to make is if you got up and wrote first thing for an hour and then said, you know what, after an hour, I'm going to check my email. That's my reward. Or two hours of writing. I guarantee you, you will get more done than if you check your email for 45 minutes and then write for an hour. It's that big rock thing. I and mean, I'm a believer in do the big rock first and then put the little pebbles in. And truly, email is a little pebble. But it's a very stressful, emotionally exhausting little pebble. Because think about the sorts of things you're getting in email. Getting people asking you questions. For me, I get hate mail fairly regularly. So it's like, yay. I just <laughs> That's really helped cure me actually checking email. Because now I kind of check it with a cringe. Uh, you're getting bills there. It's lots of like responsibility type stuff. And once right. you start right. going into email, man, you got to be an adult. You got to deal with this stuff. And the, the kind of fun, exciting writing fiction side of you, your chi- inner child that is is the what enjoys stories is dying a little bit while you're checking emails. So you know, write first while the child is still alive and kicking before you start to poison it with all of your email. It's so true, and, and not to belabor the point, but we have so much e- we have so much physical time in the day, 24 hours. Well, we have so much, only so much emotional time as well. And once we drain that emotional time, or drain that willpower, or drain that creativity, it's gone. That's right. Um, so I totally agree about checking email in the morning. All right, we're out of time, but a couple of tools to help you cheat a little bit um, and to kind of help with what we've talked about. One is a tool called Boomerang. Uh, this is something I've discovered and started using. I've really fallen in love with it. It allows you to send an email away where it'll come back at a specified time. So if somebody sends me an email and I know I need to respond in two weeks or something, I'll set a boomerang and it will come back into my inbox two weeks from now. And so if I know I don't need to deal with it now, I can boomerang it to a later time. Uh, and I find that when I'm in a big hurry, I can use this instead of putting it in one of the folders and it saves me some time. And now it's, the email has effectively disappeared, uh, but I know it'll come back when I need it. You can also... Um, have an email boomerang back if somebody doesn't reply. So bring this email back to my inbox if so-and-so hasn't replied in a certain number of days. It's really cool. And you can get that for both Gmail and Yahoo, and it's free. Um, Unroll me. We'll have links to these in the show notes. And then one more thing is rescue time. Jim was talking about not realizing how much time you spend in email. I, I challenge you, install the free demo of rescue time, use it for a week, and just see how many hours a day you spend using email. You will likely be shocked. So rescue time <laughs> tracks what you spend your time on on your computer and it gives you a report at the end of the day. You spent two hours on YouTube, one hour on Facebook, four hours and uh, you know, Outlook and 30 minutes in Microsoft Word. And you're like, what? But I was writing all day. <laughs> so it's very useful tool, uh, rescuetime.com. The sponsor of today's podcast is My Book Table 2, version 2. My Book Table really is the premier bookstore for WordPress. If you've got a WordPress site, you seriously need to check in to My Book Table 2. It now comes with Goodreads integration. We've talked about Goodreads on this program and how powerful it can be for you as an author. So it, can, it shows Goodread, Goodreads reviews right on your book pages. So readers can also add your book to their bookshelves with one click within my book table. So a lot of really cool whistles and bells. You can learn more at mybooktable.com. Now we said uh, a couple weeks ago that we're going to start featuring 
uh, iTunes reviews from authors. So our first featured iTunes review is from Tracy Higley, who's the author of the book Star of Wonder, among other books. She says, James and Thomas do a great job laying out marketing basics, especially for fiction writers, with practical tips that are achievable. So thank you, Tracy Higley, author of Star of Wonder, for your review. If you would like your name and book featured on this podcast, all you have to do is leave us an iTunes review. And here's the deal. It doesn't even need to be positive. In fact, if you leave us a one-star review, we'll probably put it to the top of the list uh, just because we don't have any one-star reviews yet. And we're not controversial enough. We've gotten a lot of five-star reviews, and we thank it. Uh, thank you all for it. But, yeah, just go to iTunes. Leave us a v- review. We would really appreciate it. And who knows? You might hear your name blasted out to the interwebs on the Novel Marketing Podcast. You've been listening to James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstead Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between.